The Chicago Bulls' three-game winning streak was just snapped last night by the Boston Celtics, a game in which the Bulls did not execute as needed on defense for a full four quarters. Now, they did show some heart down the stretch of that game. We're going to talk about that. DeMar DeRozan going down, how long we can expect him to be out. And a report came out from Darnell Mayberry saying that the Bulls are unlikely to blow it up. I know a lot of Bulls fans aren't going to like that. We're going to get to all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central. I'm the host here, Hayes, and on today's episode, we're about to break down the Bulls' loss to the Boston Celtics. And, you know, here's what. If you guys actually watch the game, I know looking at the box score, the fact that the Bulls end up going down by eight, and with that being said, you guys know I have a conspiracy theory that the refs are shaving points. Uh, the spread in this one, I think, was nine, nine and a half. So anyway, with that being said, the Bulls do go down to the Boston Celtics. And a large part in this game was that the Boston Celtics just executed on defense throughout the whole game. Both teams shot the ball like absolute crap for the most part of the game. Both teams, uh, the Bulls shooting 45% overall from the field and the Boston Celtics shooting 43 overall from the field. Both teams were terrible from three-point range. Boston was 11 of 41 for 26%. The Bulls were 12 of 35 for 34%. And, you know, when in games like this, games that are ugly, games that the, the, the shots just aren't falling at either team's usual rate, it really does come down to the defensive execution and who can make plays down the stretch. And so within this game, the Boston Celtics just played a better brand of basketball for a full 48 minutes, and the Chicago Bulls didn't do that. Now, they did show tons of heart in the second half of this game, specifically in the fourth quarter, and I don't want to overlook that at all. Love the way the team played down the stretch of this game. Uh, even after DeMar DeRozan went down, how Zach Levine really tried to uh, lead this team to victory, taking on a, a, a large workload, things like that. Um, there was a, a, a weird shot towards the end of the game that could have tied it or the Bulls could have went up. That I think Zach Levine kind of rushed it a little bit. On Didn't mind the shot, uh, the shot that he took, but it did seem like they probably could have got a better shot had you know they worked another pick allowed the big to set up some things like that. But, you know, not perfect execution down the stretch at any uh, means for the Chicago Bulls. Also, turnovers. They kept the turnovers up under double digits in that game. And that's one of the biggest keys that I've always said for the Chicago Bulls. Only 19 assists for the Bulls on 39 made baskets. We know we need to see that up, especially, you know, on a game where you only make 39 field goals overall as a team. You still want to be around 20, 22 uh, assists. The Bulls didn't do that. The Bulls also get out-rebounded by eight in this game. And those are things that just played into the Bulls not being able to execute in this game. Uh, Zach Levine, Nikola Vucevic, DeMar DeRozan for the time that he was in there, all kind of executed in their own way. Uh, DeMar played 23 minutes. Uh, he had uh, he was 6 for 9 from the field, 13 points, 3 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 steal. He didn't play primarily at all in the second half outside of some little time in the third quarter. He goes down in the game. We'll talk about that here in the next segment of how long he's going to be out. Uh, Zach Levine, 27 points in this game. He's 10 and 24 from the field, only 4 of 13 from 3-point range, 7 rebounds, 6 assists, 1 steal. Um, and so, you know, Zach really did try to shoulder a lot of the load, and I appreciated seeing him from that and him not shy away from that moment. Nikola Vucevic had another 21 and 13 game, one assist. This is, I think, his eighth double double in a row. So, shout out to Vooch there. It didn't come in a winning effort. And, you know, shout out to Robert Williams. Even though Vooch does end up getting his points, he's 9 of 15 from the field. Robert Williams did keep the Chicago Bulls from being able to use Vooch from really running their whole offense through him and just the way he was able to attack Vooch, keep the ball from getting into Vooch's hands at certain times. It just is what it is. It's unfortunate. 
um, that the Bulls weren't able to win this game. There was a brief time in which they they came marching back and it looked like they were going to gain some momentum or ride that momentum possibly to victory. Didn't end up going that way for the Bulls. And when it really boils down, that's just the NBA basketball. Some games just aren't going to go your way. We lo- we dropped the game to the number one team in the Eastern Conference. We still made them work for it. I know, you know, box score watchers are going are gonna to say it was eight point. How did they make them work? Because a lot of those points came down the stretch when the game was already decided. Um, I think they hit a couple of threes down the stretch of that game, but it's unfortunate. The Bulls, the Bulls could have won this game, and I do think that if DeMar DeRozan doesn't go down, the game looks different. I'm not going to say that the Bulls win. I'm just going to say that the game does look different down the stretch of it. Does that difference make it better or worse for the Bulls? We'll never know. Uh, but I'd, I'd still like the way the Bulls match up against the Boston Celtics, even with Robert Williams being there. I, this this game to me left. Um, gave me even more hope with, with the Chicago Bulls when it comes to what this season could look like for them on the back end if they keep executing this way. So, you know, at the end of the day, um, with better help from the supporting cast, and before we get off this game, I got to talk about that. Patrick Williams, three for eight from the field for 10 points, two rebounds, one assist, three steals. But Patrick Williams didn't have the 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 impact defensively or offensively we've seen in the last handful of games from him. Uh, Io DeSumo, not much from him either. He's three of six, but he did play some really good defense on Jalen uh, Brown in this game because uh, he holds uh, Jalen Brown at only 19 points and seven of 21 shooting. And Io DeSumo did guard Jalen Brown for the most part in that game. So he did do very well in that in that uh, matchup. One of the things that I did say in the pregame show was that you have to force either Tatum or Brown to have an inefficient shooting night. They're probably going to still get their numbers, but you have to force them to inefficient shooting night. We did do that. Jalen Brown had an inefficient night. 21 shots to get 19 baskets. That's not efficient at all, but unfortunately, we didn't get enough help from the other places. The bench, the bench, uh, even though if you just look at the number of points that the bench scored, which uh, they they scored a 16 points as a bench, which, oh no, I'm sorry, 12. So they, they scored almost 20 points as a bench, can't count sometimes, uh, but it, it it just it it, it it wasn't really impactful. Uh, with that being said, so you know it, it leaves much to be desired for this team and just them to play a little bit better. And you know, as we go forward into this team, the one thing that I do want to say is that listen, Zach Levine is back, and even though the Bulls lost this game, and I'm not using this game again, I I don't stray on the oh well, if Demar was in there, we would have won. It would have been different. We don't know how the outcome would have shaken out. But the thing that I will say with this is is just simply this. As long as Zach Levine is back playing like he has been playing, giving the effort on both sides of the ball, not not being afraid to set up other players in the past and keeping that assist number high, keep moving the ball around, this Bulls team is a playoff team. And I'm willing to say that now. With with Zach Levine being back locked in, engaged, giving the effort on both sides, uh, scoring the ball, attacking the paint, that version of Zach Levine does make this team back into a playoff team. Now, they've gotten off to such a deficit at the start of the season. Can they really work themselves out of it? They're three games under 500. It's definitely possible. They have three more games left um, until we face, we have that break, and then we go to uh, Paris. Then we have another break. Then we come back in the season, rocks and rolls at that point. But what the Bulls do, I said, you know, if they can be at, at back at 500 by the, by the January 15th date. Now, I don't think they're going to get that. Uh, beating Golden State, even even if you can say, hey, the Bulls can definitely beat Washington, which I do think the Bulls can beat Wizards. That should be a fun game, a revenge game, because we did lose to them. OKC, another team that we lost to that I do think the Bulls can get a dub against. Not necessarily saying we will, but I do think it is a game that we that's very winnable. And then the Golden State Warriors game. You know, I don't predict the Bulls to beat Golden State Warriors. That's just not something I do because they always embarrass us. Um, But we're looking at the Bulls to be maybe one game below 500, maybe even a chance, maybe at 500 if they just 
rock and roll, and we'll see what's going on with DeMar DeRozan. So, you know, at the end of the day, as I've been saying, since it's not over with, the Bulls, with this improvement and with Zach Levine looking like Zach Levine again, this Bulls team is going to be dangerous. I'm telling you, nobody's overlooking the Chicago Bulls for the rest of the way. And we have one of the easy experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code Bull Central, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code BULLCENTRAL to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. He shrinks the schedule the remaining part of the season. So let's see how the Bulls favor in that. Now, one of the big parts of the Bulls getting back into playoff contention and being that surefire playoff team is going to be DeMar DeRozan. Whether you agree with him or don't, there's some people like me that think DeMar negatively impacts the team at times, but even I cannot deny down the stretch of games as close this game was, when the Bulls were down by by two points, they could have brought it back. Probably would have been a mid-range shot call for DeMar DeRozan. He probably would have either get, got the shot or to the free throw line. But he went out in this game, missing most of the second half with a quad injury, hamstring injury. And it seems like this is something that's actually been ailing him for a while. He said this after the game. His quad contracted and he couldn't move like he wanted to. It's nothing too crazy. He said he'll get treatment to, tonight and tomorrow. said he typically plays through stuff, but will take it day by day. Now, he also came out that he's been dealing with this the past eight games, which may play into the part of, if you look at the last eight games for DeMar DeRozan, even though we've had some really good performances from him, um, things have been kind of off. Shooting percentages are down a little bit, things like that. So maybe that was him dealing with the quad injury. And injuries happen. One thing that I've said, after the season starts, nobody's ever a, a truly 100%. And DeMar DeRozan has just been a dog for the Chicago Bulls. He doesn't miss a lot of time. So if it comes that he needs to miss time, uh, if he misses a game or so, even though knowing DeMar, I don't think that that's going to happen. I just, I just don't. I highly doubt DeMar is going to miss the game against the Washington Wizards. They may look at it and say, hey, we have enough to beat them, especially if Patrick Williams shows up and plays. But at the end of the day, it doesn't seem like this is going to be something that lingers. I know because it seemed like a non-contact injury at first, it had me worried because non-contact injuries that put you out for the rest of the game usually tend to be some major injuries. But it doesn't seem like that it's going to be that way for DeMar. So good. We need him back. We'll see how it goes with him. Him and Zach have been playing really great lately. And as the Bulls are back to making this playoff push towards the back half of the season, we're going to need DeMar DeRozan in the game to be all locked in for that. Now, one of the things we also got uh, news on yesterday late, a little bit before the game started, I almost got a video out on it, but, you know, it is what it is. And that is that um, Darnell Mayberry, uh, who works for The Athletic, did say that the Bulls are unlikely to break it up. Direct quote is this. But in the weeks leading up to what could be a crucial trade deadline, multiple league sources have told The Athletic that the expectations for the Bulls to remain relatively quiet. The Athletics' Darnell Mooney reported Monday, no one expects the Bulls to blow it up and commit to a complete rebuilding process. Then he goes on to add, uh, a trade involving Zach Levine would be a huge stunner. So this is all the rumors you hear about the Lakers and this and that. Zach is not going anywhere. And this is the matches the last report we got saying that the Bulls view DeMar and Zach as untouchable. As, so, you know, at the end of the day, 
it was always going to be unlikely. Now, the thing, the fact that I want to mark in this is because the headline says the Bulls are unlikely to blow it up. But further down, if you dig in this, it says they're going to remain relatively quiet. And that's the part that may start frustrating some Bulls fans. We know that we do. Can use some more size and shooting on this team. But it's always made more sense for the Bulls to kind of not be as active. If you know this team, uh, it's, it's rare that this team is going to make a major move. Now, I, look, notice what I'm saying. I'm saying major move. When you look at the Bulls and their roster, they still have an expiring contract to Nikola Vucevic. I do think moving that would constitute a major move because he's such a big part of what you do. So by this report, probably means that Nikola Vucevic is not on his way out. What does that mean, the, the, the future that the Bulls see with Nikola Vucevic? Are they going to go ahead and give him that contract extension? Are they going to risk him going out in the open market? What does that mean? We'll see. I think if this team continues to play in the trend that they have, keep in mind with veterans, you can extend them at any time. So if this keeps going on and the Bulls keep playing better and Vooch is a big part of that in playing through him, I can still see him getting a contract extension before the end of the year. Or the Bulls may want to leave those options open and see what they can do um, in the open market. I've said it before, the Bulls could have up to 10 to $15 million in true cap space this offseason depending on what they decide to do with their deal. So maybe they're leaving that hand kind of open to see what goes on. But outside of that, uh, so what makes what constitutes then a major move, right? I do think that moving Nikola Vucevic constitutes a major move. I think when you look at players like role players, like Alex Grusso, high-level role player, Javante Green is a role player, role player that I think could be coveted by other teams trying to make a move to kind of just get them over the hump. So a team that already has a championship-level roster but may just need a little bit more firepower. Do you think Javante Green could be enticing four teams? Derrick Jones Jr., the way that he's played as well, considering his contract's low, could be, a, could be a piece for other teams, could be interested in. The Portland pick, things like that. Tony Bradley, he would have to be packaged with another one. Kobe White, it really, and Kobe White could be. Like, it depends on how you view it. Do you view moving a rookie that's been here, and he's now in his fourth season, been here his whole career? Do you look at that as a major move, right? Even though Kobe has had, a resurgence in, in, in a lot of ways, just playing better defense, playing better, passing lanes better, passing himself, being more active. He's improved his game tremendously. But moving Kobe White, I wouldn't necessarily look at constituting a major move either. So while the Bulls are expected to be relatively quiet per this report, doesn't mean that they're not going to add something to this team. Now, I do think we have to temper our expectations. For those that were thinking and hoping for a major deal that just completely turns us around, it's more than likely not coming. Maybe in this offseason, we'll see. But the writing's on the wall. The Bulls aren't making a major move. Now, do they make something smaller if something becomes available? You guys know I'm very high on Jared Vanderbilt. The Utah Jazz also could be very high on Jer Ver uh, Jared Vanderbilt. A young player, not that, not too much of, a, of cap space involved in him. They can look to keep him. But I don't, I'm not, I'm going to hold out that the Bulls don't make any moves. I think that they do. They may monitor the bio market as they did last year, even though they didn't necessarily work out the best for us, but you just never know. But the major move that a lot of Bulls fans were hoping and thinking and speculation, and especially when the Bulls were at their lowest and all this blow it up talk happened, it's not happening. And if you've been tuned in here, listen, I've been telling you guys this for months, and that's not to toot my own horn. I know that it's easy to get wrapped up. I know that it's easy for these outlets to write these stories, to, to catch headlines, especially when a team's fan base is unhappy. Trade. Headlines hit for articles when your team is sucking. It just does. And we have to keep our mind on that when you look at some of these things and really kind of read these articles to read between the lines and see what they're saying. The Bulls aren't going to make a major move. It's not likely. Doesn't mean a smaller move isn't going to come. And with the way that the Bulls are playing, it could be the minor move that ends up pushing the Bulls 
and and helping them go further. Now, this this injury to DeMar DeRozan doesn't seem like it's going to be anything lingering or long-term, so I don't think it's really going to inform what they do at this trade deadline. I do think as well the Portland pick, this is the time to move it if you are going to move it because, hey, if the Portland pick is the only thing keep you from getting Jared Vanderbilt, a player that projects-wise to give you a lot of what you need coming off that bench with rebounding, toughness, uh, some shooting. I think that you, I think that Jared Vanderbilt is the type of caliber player that you hope to get with the Portland pick that's going to be anywhere between like 17 and 22. So we'll keep the eyes out on that. We'll see what the Bulls end up doing. Major move isn't coming, but we'll see. Let me know what you think on that down below. Question of the day, are the Bulls making a mistake if they don't make a major move by this year's trade deadline? Let me know what you think on everything down below. Make sure you're following the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. BullsCentralPod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text and our voicemail for our mailbag episodes, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys. Like I liked in every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. See Red and peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of The Break Break Media. Media.